Hello and welcome to this very special edition of the DTS podcast. I'm Tony and as always, uh, uh, Derek. Uh, I'm Derek. Yellow. This is Derek. This is our Hello. Game of the Decade podcast. Uh, episodically, we're going through. We are in our third quartile for our Game of the Decade. We uh, started true. with 32 teams. We've been through half the bracket. Uh, and that half of the bracket that has so far progressed to quarterfinals maybe quarterfinals is that how it goes uh tony we've we've eliminated uh eight teams out of the 32 teams we started with currently yeah uh, so we're looking to eliminate eight more to get to our sweet 16 there you go sweet 16 so right now the game the the the, the games that we know of won their matchups are the witcher 3 borderlands 2 gta 5 pokemon go red dead redemption 2 super mario odyssey uncharted 4 and skyrim elder scrolls skyrim uh, I'm going to throw a wrench in your plans here, Tony. Okay. <clears throat> you ready for this? You going to veto? No. Oh, um, okay. I'm going to throw out this idea to you. You know, we're, we're slow playing this and maybe you want to keep doing that, but I, you know, what, what about, uh, what about tackling all 16 on this side tonight? We could do that. We could, I mean, there are definitely some floaters in here. That's a lot. There are but I'm just saying, man, I, I got some conversations. I got some words that need to get out of here. And also, you know, I think, I think, I think the people don't want to hear. Uh, yeah. I mean, we could do that. We can still break it up in two episodes, though, so it's not overwhelming for sure. Yeah, people no, 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 want to no. digest yep, it. That's that's just fine. This is probably the most intriguing quartile. This is the one I've been excited for the most, as far as how the seeds fell. Um, let's go would, real quick over the rules. Agree. Yeah. Uh, so give you the background. We got we got these thirty two teams. Uh, game of the decade. We're discussing everything from two thousand ten on through two thousand nineteen. We got one game per franchise, so you can't have multiple Mario's, can't have multiple Zeldas, multiple GTA's, anything like that. Um, this first round, this uh, initial qualifying round, so to speak, we're discussing. You know, overall, how we felt about the game, the critical reaction, the sales, and impact on the industry that it had. Um, we might get a little off topic here and there. It's been really great discussion, um, and uh, we'll get right into it. This is our bracket this week, and goddamn if it ain't good. It's a and hot one. Speaking guys, of God, tell you. Uh, the number two overall seed is God of War 2018, going up against Fortnite, the number 31 seed. Then we move on to Destiny versus Minecraft. I'm surprised you didn't put Destiny 2 there, but uh, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Destiny versus Minecraft. Next game is Zelda Breath of the Wild versus Hellblade, which is a veto pick. Uh, we do have we do have the executive option of vetoing. I think we're all done with that. But uh, Hellblade came in and ousted uh, a game. Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, so, and then our final matchup is Fallout 4 versus Shovel Knight. Um, so three of those four games I'm super intrigued by. Um, why don't we leave the God of War and Zelda we'll start, ones? Let's start from the bottom. Let's start from the bottom and, and work our way up. And now we're here. Yeah, let's start from the bottom and work our way up. Tony, <clears throat> tell, me, tell me your experience with Fallout 4. Fallout 4 was a, a great game, I thought. Yeah, um, I would agree. I was disappointed at the time with the graphics because it was like, it's another Bethesda game, right? It's another Bethesda game with like kind Looks of the shady graphics. It's buggy. It's, it's it was definitely buggy. It's bugged as fuck. Um, it had it scratched that itch for me. It was the first Fallout game I ever played. 
Um, really? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So sure. I was new to the VAT system. I didn't know anything about these vaults people were talking about. Um, so <laughs> You thought that was just pussies. Yeah, I was <laughs> exactly right. I was just <laughs> jumping in uh, blind, and it it's fun, man. The story is pretty okay. A lot of the side quests and characters were great. Um, came out in 2015. Uh, it, within the first 24 hours of launch, it made three quarters of a billion dollars. So it was highly, highly anticipated. Um, and to date, it is in the area of. Oh man, it has sold more than Skyrim. Um, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, they they don't. Uh, Bethesda is really iffy about their their total sales, sales. yeah but uh the game has reportedly shipped over 30 million copies across the globe i think the big thing for me when it comes to fallout games right uh to kind of piggyback off of you is that these games scratch an itch and for me that itch is exploration it's storytelling and it's just whatever random shit I can kind of get up to for me. Right. So right. fallout fallout people have been able to build these worlds through fallout three, which is a game I played for a good 25 hours before my save got deleted. I never went back to it. <laughs> I own fallout new Vegas. I didn't finish it. Um, I played outer worlds though. So just calm down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and fallout four, Fallout 4 was it was a guaranteed buy for me. Like this idea that you're in a wasteland where you're picking up Nuka-Cola and you're surviving on this radiation, eating this meat and being able to level up a fairly simple progression system as far as leveling goes right. and getting different different uh, weapons and armor and wearing badass looking weird futuristic also old school suits and the music and the atmosphere and the dragons or not necessarily dragons, but whatever you want to call them, I guess out in the fucking way radiation areas, the, the claws, what are they called? Yeah. 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 The, the uh, devil, devil claws or some shit. Yeah. I want to say Raven claw, but that's not, <laughs> um, uh, Hufflepuffs. Maybe I'm not really sure, but, uh, you know, just the idea that they're able to craft such a phenomenal world beyond the story that they're telling, even if the story isn't a whole lot, um, I'm always invested in that. And fallout four did a really good job of keeping you invested with the characters around you going from place to place and, and, and getting into side quests. You know, it's a lot like the Witcher in the sense that they're able to flesh out a lot of these characters through the side missions and make you care about the game a little more so. Right. Um, But yeah, I'll tell you the technical side of the game didn't do a whole lot for it. Uh, Had a lot of issues technically, uh, which is most, most Bethesda games. Um, And I didn't, I don't feel like the game lasted all that long. You know, it's probably a 30 or 40 hour game, but I felt like I plowed through that game. Uh, What I will tell you is it's really cool. I think you end up, getting to uh one of the home bases and it's like inside the Red Sox stadium, right? Is that it? Yeah, me? yeah, yeah. That Which was is probably some of my fucking favorite part. cool. Yeah, I would say too. Getting to that spot where you're in the Red Sox stadium and then meeting you end up meeting that de- that detective uh Nick Valentine. That sounds right. Yeah. And that was really cool. That whole side quest was awesome and I don't know. There's just some really cool ideas being put to work in, in a Fallout game and I really, really enjoyed uh, what I played of Fallout 4. Yeah, so you get to the Commonwealth, which is, I mean, the whole thing centered around Boston, which for me is pretty cool. And, and every Fallout game kind of has its city that it adapts into the post-apocalyptic world. Um, so, like, the New England-Boston area is pretty pretty cool. And uh, 
I mean, you had a doggo. That's one of the main things I remember about is you got a dog and he follows you around and he's, I can't remember what his name is, like dog food or some bullshit like that. But <laughs> wasn't it dog meat? Dog meat. Yeah, that's it. That was it. Um, pretty great. I, the game, it it got, it got pretty long. Like I remember this being one of those games where like. I'm putting yeah, 40 tough. or 50 was... hours into it, doing every side mission I come across, and then I'm just kind of get to the point where I just want to fucking beat it. Um, I just want to finish the game. And so then you grind through the story, but it's fun. I mean, I liked a lot of the decision-making on the faction side. Like, do I want to be friends with the paladins, or do I want to be friends with, like, these city folks or um, whatever? But, you know, looking back on it, the... The enemies were limited. I mean, you had like those orc things. You had those death claws, and then death you had, claw, you had you. some ghouls. Like I don't really remember yeah, much ghouls, else. But. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. The the game is not there for its memorabilia of and different it's so, characters. It's so monotone color wise. Well, like I said, it's as much uh, heavy handedness as it can be with the story and and the big story it's trying to tell you. At the same time, that that game is just kind of there. You know, yeah. it's very mindless. There's not a whole lot going on. It's very repetitive with what you're doing. You're not invested in the gameplay so much as you're invested in the story and what they're trying to tell you with the world that they've built. And that's the big thing for me is I want to be able to go like, oh, I'm walking over here. Well, there's a fucking gas station over here. Okay. Well, there's some stairs. I'm going to go down the stairs in the gas station. Right. Oh, look, there's a fucking weird ass vampire clan down here. That's weird. Oh, they have a quest for me. Yep. That's fucking super weird. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sure. Like that is what fallout is. It's not the moment to moment combat. It is. What can I get myself into in this world? And what can I do for these characters and for these, these factions to uh to to further my own needs uh as well as further my my time in the game so i i remember being pretty surprised about how um well balanced like the ammo economy was and stuff uh sure if you didn't learn how to exploit the bottle caps uh and then just get like fucking infinite amounts of ammo but like i really like this laser plasma I'm a melee guy so i just Oh, I'm I know just you are. Fuck just fucking, of course. Recurring theme on the DTS podcast. Derek just runs in, fucking guns a blazing. Guns everything. Yeah. Uh, I really like the plasma, like, carbine rifle. So, like, I was a sniper, uh, which is kind of my MO in any shooter game, basically. I like to sneak around and, and pop pop motherfuckers in the head. But, like, it was really hard to find energy cells for those weapons or whatever. So, um I was forced to go back to more traditional means. So it, it's pretty cool. It was a really fun game. It, I don't know how well it sticks with me long-term, especially when fallout 76 comes out and it's sure. the same exact engine for like four years later and really shits the bed. It's like they learn nothing from fallout four. So like Todd Howard power to the people, my dude, but um, I lost a little faith in you. I don't disagree with you. Um, there, there's a little bit left to be desired with the Fallout series, and uh, I, I am excited to see what more they do because I do like that series probably a little more than the Skyrim or the the Elder Scrolls series for me. Um, right. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at as far as uh, as far as this goes. Now, what I will tell you, Tony, <clears throat> is Fallout Four is great, and the impact it's had is 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 okay. Um, I, it, it it pales in comparison to the impact of this next game that we're talking about. Um, 
Shovel that Knight. Would be, yes, 2014 Shovel Knight. Uh, now, talk about a game that's still as relevant today as it was then. I, they just released their final, their supposed final expansion pack for Shovel Knight. I want to say it's right. the King of Cards, if I'm not mistaken, Tony. I'm not sure if you pulled yeah. that up, but I, I believe it's called the King of Cards. That and right. you want to talk about a game that has has legs. I believe it was kickstarted, right, Tony? I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, yeah, the, talk, the first Shovel Knight. Yeah, one of the first like successful indie Big Kickstarter games. Um, 180,000 were sold via Kickstarter within the first month. Uh, it raised and went on to sell in the first year over 700,000 copies. Um, so, you know, we're talking about, uh, a nothing talking about fallout a- that sh- has shipped 30 million copies. This game as of September, 2019 has sold under 3 million copies. Right. Um, but many iterations a fuckload of free DLC. They're just pumping out the DLC on this shit. Right. I mean, um, you're talking about a game that has been able to withstand the test of time, has yeah. tra- has changed uh, generations between the PS3 era, the PS4 era, 3DS, Switch. I mean, I, I was literally playing this game last year on my Switch. Like, that's how much I love this game. I played it earlier um, this year. Yep. Yeah. And, and and so you're, you're talking about a game that has been able to transition what an indie game is and really set the excuse me, set the tone for what that means, right? From a successful Kickstarter to a to what a good indie team should be doing with the platform and for uh, for the, 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 the character they own. Yep. Not only that, but uh, uh, Bloodstained literally yeah. has a Shovel Knight as a fucking Enemy. bad guy in it. Yeah, that's funny. Like, if that doesn't tell you that this game has transcended time... And has made the mark of what a a Kickstarter game can be. Uh, I I don't know what does. I I've been excited to see what Yacht Game Yacht Club does. Um, since Shovel Knight has come out, I think I've beaten this game three or four different times. Um, and, and it, as far as impact goes, this is probably one of the most impactful quote unquote indie uh, titles ever made. Definitely, uh, it. it- ushered in a couple different eras it ushered in the era of kickstarter indie games um you know it's hard to say it was the first but it was definitely one of the it's gone on to be one of the most successful kickstarter games and it really set out to prove everybody wrong that like you don't have to be a major publisher to have success and make money in the gaming industry like a couple guys on their fucking computers that were in college made made a game and here it is but all what it really did that i think the lasting impact is is it really ushered in this phenomena of 8 and 16 bit games um right. coming back the art part style. of that revolution right yeah, the revolution exactly. sure um yeah fallout 4 is great but i don't i don't think it can beat shuffle knight I mean, we can keep we can keep sh- sucking on the shovel dick, um, but for me, I I, I do love. It's on Fallout every 4, fucking platform. Like, but it's it's not even that for me. I mean, this first round has been a lot of impact for me, and it, it, uh-huh. even trying to be recognizable of games I don't care about. Um, I've tried to try to focus on what the long lasting impact here is. To come out of that first round, second round we might get into a little bit different details. But this first round for me, Fallout Four is great, but Shovel Knight is the winner here. Yeah, I think I think so too. And I've only played through the game, the main game once. I haven't played any of the DLC. Um, DLC's good, but main game's phenomenal. The, the music really gets you going. And there's something I didn't know that I liked 
the the idea of a uh, a, a rogue like, you know, sure, um, or 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 that idea of like uh, the 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 uh, Metroidvania style. I'm sorry, yeah. Until we started playing Shovel Knight, like I didn't understand what that was until we played through that three or four different times. And I'm like, why the fuck do I like this so much? Yeah, you know, between between that and between that and Rogue Legacy around the same time, I was in heaven. It's just so. it's just a good like pick up and play for a little bit game and like come back yeah. to it and you're just so fucking good. just pegging away on people's heads. So good. So good. So Shovel Knight unanimously I th- yeah moves on. Upsetting. Upsetting. Give it the uh, give it the due. It, 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 this did is an upset. upset. Yeah, the number 26 seed Shovel Knight is going to surpass the number 7 seed Fallout 4, which I Fallout 4 was that high just because of common consensus Interest. among the yeah. intra, uh, among the internet. It would have never got anywhere close to the top 10 for me. I agree. All right, we're updating it. Shovel Knight, you're up in there, baby. Yeah, Shovel Knight there is where it is. Uh, do you want to jump ahead to the next smaller bracket, or do you want to go into the Zelda bracket? Are you talking about I mean, Destiny both and Minecraft? Big. Yeah, they're both kind of big, so it's up to you. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot more to talk about in these other two games. But So, Destiny, which is the number 15 overall seed, came out in 2014. And that is pitted against the number 18 overall seed, and that is Minecraft. Um, now, Minecraft sneaks in here on a technicality, and that is uh, it came out on consoles in this decade. Yeah. Um, it came out on PC originally in 2009, came out on consoles a couple years later, and without a doubt has been most well-known because of that. So, goddamn Destiny. I think it's going to be a really uphill battle for Destiny to touch and get close to Minecraft. Uh, but I want to say Destiny because I played so much fucking Destiny. It's how you and I started our gaming friendship, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Um, so it, it holds a little nostalgia. Um, so here, here's where I'm at with this. So let, let's talk Minecraft first, right? Okay. Um, for me, the my first memories, at least, of Minecraft is I was over at my buddy Garrett's house. Uh, him and, of course, Chris Dugan yeah. uh, were, were talking about this game on PC. And they were playing this fucking weird-looking Lego-style block-style animation game so that weird. I had zero fucking interest in. But I love watching people play games. I love watching people that I like watch, play games. And so I would just sit there and watch for hours them playing this fucking weird-ass game where you could take anything and create anything and do anything and destroy anything and them just do what they want with it and build their own. And again, as an unimaginative motherfucker like me being able to go, Holy shit, that's pretty fucking dope. That made a big deal to me, you know, being able to see them create their own world and their own story with this game showed the kind of freedom that this game brought. Right. True. So you want to talk about an impact of a game that has lasted longer uh, than I expected to. Uh, Minecraft has been able to transition from, and that was 2009, you said. That's 10 years, 11 years ago. Yep. You know, I was a li- little over 20 years old at that point looking at this game going, what the fuck? You know, my kids today are like, I want to play Minecraft. I want to know. I know people at work or at school are talking about the Elder Dragon. There's kids that are talking about playing <laughs> Minecraft. and doing Ender Dragon. That. It was, sorry, it, the the Ender Dragon. They're talking about these things still today, as if it's brand fucking new. And these these things transition the the test of time. And so, what Mojang was able to create was second to none, as far as something I've seen 
you know, games will last forever if you want them to. But a lot of times they're just kind of there as nostalgia. This game is still a very active game in the community and people still want to play it. I mean, you're talking about some of the toys and some of the, the action figures or the idea that people want to throw their birthday parties and their theme is fucking Minecraft. Like, yeah, that's you're nuts to me. And I don't think I don't think you're giving it enough justice as much praise as you yeah. just gave it. Uh, let's not bury the lead. It is the best selling video game of all time. And it's not close. Over 180 million copies uh, across all platforms as of late 2019. And you talked just now about how people are still playing it today. Yeah, I got news for you. 100 million active players every month. Individual players. Sure. That's that does not surprise me. Crazy. Um, it does. It's just so fun to see Minecraft and, like, the things that you can do in it. Like, people putting things from... Building entire cities in the game. There there are literally college curriculums that talk about um, architectural uh, and stuff like that that are based in Minecraft. There's I remember this article last year I read where an entire school uh, school district in New York is using a Minecraft server to explain the intricacies of their city and like the sewer systems and why they're important and all this different stuff. It is bonkers man it's just bonkers uh how far this game is uh, has reached and you know it's probably going to go down in history as one of microsoft's most lucrative acquisitions i would agree uh you you want to talk about another acquisition uh that would be destiny and, and, and activision picking up uh the folks over at bungie right so bungie yeah. separated out after halo 3 Yep. Uh, so yep. they seceded from Microsoft said, Hey, we're done. We don't want to do this anymore. We want out. Um, Microsoft said, fuck it. Cool. We own halo. You guys can go do whatever you want to. And again, as a halo fan, uh, which is not who I am. Um, <laughs> I didn't give a fuck about what they were doing. I truly did not give a fuck. I was like, who, right. who gives a fuck what Bungie's doing? I could give a fuck less about halo. That game can eat my dick. Don't care. Okay. But then this idea that a live game, I think this is the first time that I've really heard this term, yeah. a live game was being developed, right? The hype this was idea, so real. This idea that, hey, you're going to be able to, to go to these places and play with your friends, and there's going to be these hubs, and you'll be able to jump into these multiplayer activities and, and do these different activities, and, and the story is so epic and so so grandiose. I mean, it, you, you, how, you couldn't help but get swept up in this, um, the, the, the spacious... Uh, setting that it was putting itself into. Right. You, know, you had Peter Dinklage coming in as as one of the voice actors to to help really add credence to this mid uh, Game of Thrones run, and and I was fucking rock hard for this game towards the towards the launch. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. I was there, ready to go, and uh, it launched. It did, and woof. <laughs> I mean, woof. Sure. The game had. A lackadaisical story. Uh, Peter Dinklage was not good. Um, the story that was there was very uh, uh, grindy, um, was not very informative. You were uh, trying to defend the tower and right. trying to find the ultimate evil and trying to keep, um, I'm going to blank on what it's called, but the big white ball in the sky. Uh, I wish about. I had the answer, but I don't fucking yep, know. I don't either. The keeper. I remember the idea, that guy. The idea is 
that destiny had the potential and failed to realize it on first swing, right? It's like yeah. baseball destiny swung first and took an Oh, and one count going into it. Now, if we are considering travelers, um, yeah, the traveler. Thank you. If we're considering what they ended up doing with, uh, the taking King, which came out a year later, I believe if not two. um, now we're talking about a different game, but if we're talking vanilla destiny, which had a phenomenal amount of ideas and was still quite fun to play because I'll tell you what, I don't know why in my brain, this is where I'm at. There's three, there's three games that I think of when it comes to great shooting or great gunplay. It's modern warfare or call of duty. It is destiny and it is borderlands. Um, yeah. So those are kind of the three big things for me. So destiny didn't have a lot going for it. I'll let you stop talking. If you want me to talk really great gunplay. Tony, go ahead. Probably. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Let me get a word in. Filibuster. Destiny probably is some of the best gunplay of, of all time. And even to date, even in destiny Two, still some of the best gunplay. Um, I just remember so much hype going into this game. There was, it was one of the most pre-ordered games of all time. Um, and then I remember there was like this, outrage once the review embargo came out and it did not get such hot reviews like just days before the initial release so it it flopped a little bit on the sales based on those expectations and i remember playing through it and just thinking like this is a game that you see so much potential as you play through it with the characters and what they could do and it just kind of falls flat um and you're right until the taken Taken King is widely considered the turning point in the Destiny franchise. They just let Bungie do what they needed to do, um, and they let uh, Luke... uh, God, I can't even think of the guy's name. Smith. Luke Smith um, just run wild with it, and the Taken King was an awesome expansion. Uh, The raids were great. The progression system got a lot better. it was good. I mean, this this was a game that was capping out consistently at 18 to 20 million active users month over month. So the game was massive, but it had a bunch of server issues to begin with. But we talk about legacy, and it's like this is one of the first iterations of a console being a living game. Um, it was really touted as like the first shooter MMO on a console. So, which then ushered in things like The Division, Destiny 2, just a whole slew of these type of games. It really refined the the first-person shooter at a time that I don't think it had a lot of vision. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. I I don't work in the industry, so I don't know. But for me, when it came come to, people were really looking at what Bungie was going to do. Yeah, coming off of Microsoft and going, okay, these guys make some fucking great games. Like this is the next. What are Halo. they doing? Like, what are they doing? Where are they going to go? What can we take from what they're doing? Because we're already taking from Halo. What else can we do? And as I said, they swung and swung deep, and I think they missed it first. But really, it, it didn't take them long to connect. Right. And the idea that now they have seceded from Activision after years of being, you know, four or five years with Activision, now they're on their own. We're back to going, now what? With Destiny, now what are we going to get? What are we going to see? What are we going to do? Yeah. And that is some of the most exciting stuff uh, I've been a part of as a, as a video game fan. Um, 
I, I do love, I, I do truly love destiny. I think it's phenomenal. Um, but if we're talking, uh, categorical impact, uh, for me, which is what this round is, like I said, has been, it's Minecraft. Yeah. Some of the best times I've had in video games in this decade has been on destiny, uh, with my squad and my fire team doing raids being the boy twice a week. Yep. With Brady and like probably since the first time since like EverQuest and a couple experiences on world of Warcraft, did I just like meet and make friends with people all across the country that I like just digitally, um, nitros, an old guy that lives in Florida. And I still talk to him on the regular on Xbox. uh, And he's like basically the only game he ever plays is destiny and destiny. So, but it can't hold up the Minecraft. Like I can have fun with Minecraft no matter what, no matter who. And I play it with my kids, man. They fucking love it. So isn't that isn't know, that amazing how much it, it really helps transition everything? Yeah. Yeah. So Minecraft moves on. You think? I I, I would hundred percent agree. I think Minecraft is the the lasting affection here. I would not be surprised if Minecraft I, is still a game we talk <laughs> about in the next decade. Uh, it's going to be tough as as much as what we're talking about in this quarterfinal, is, uh, and even more so further down the line. I love a lot of these games. Yeah. It, cult, the cultural impact of that game alone is going to weigh heavily on my decisions, even though I'm trying to, you know, I, I could be unsubjective and just say, fuck you, I like the games I like. I don't like Minecraft at all, but the game has done a lot for video games. Yeah, I would agree. <sighs> We're on to our next matchup, okay? And this one, it's going to be a rough one because we are on opposite sides. Uh, Well, I wouldn't say that. Uh, There's a game that you really like, and there's a game that I really like that you hate. And that is the number 10 overall seed Zelda Breath of the Wild going against the number 23 overall seed. The, The underdog, I would say, that came in on the veto, Hellblade Sinua's Sacrifice. Yeah. You, I'm going to let you vape. Uh, on this one, whoa, whoa, I don't vape. Okay, well, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let vamp? you rant, vamp on this one on Hellblade a little bit. Um, I just ask that you don't shit all over Zelda because we we know no. you have an unpopular opinion on it. I, and let I me been, get a few words in eventually. I have been objective about Zelda. Um, I have my my thoughts on it, and I'll tell you that. But right now, here, here's what I'm gonna tell you. I'll be pretty concise when it comes to Hellblade. I haven't. I haven't been as moved personally uh, while playing a video game in a, in a while. Sure. Yeah. Hellblade, Hellblade probably brought back Last of Us memories. And so we're talking 2016, 2014, 2015, something like that. When it came out, um, you mean? When Last of Us came out, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Hellblade dropped some serious uh, Last of Us uh, vibes. As far as the storytelling, the emotion, the mocap, uh, the idea that this game can blend FMV with storytelling and gameplay right, was, that was mind-boggling. Cool. Yeah, it was mind-boggling, right? And the characterization of Senua on her own was riveting. Yeah. And it really felt new, felt fresh, it felt different. The use of psychosis of listening through your headphones and hearing the voices and hearing them tell you you're not good enough and you're a piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't 
I don't think that I deal with a, a, a depression at all. I don't know that I've been through that. Um, but I know people who have, and I know who I, I've been with people, um, in my life that have, have experienced that, you know, and, and talk to me about that friends and, and shit of that nature. So, um, it has been a big deal for me to give the praise to this game that, that it deserves. Uh, you know, people talked to me about this game originally as it was a little more stealthy and could be a little bit more perceived as, as, uh, as out there. Um, and for me, it wasn't that it was, I'm a single player story campaign player. And you're talking to me about all the hot button topics that are out in the world of 2018. This is right up my alley. And uh, experiencing the game that Ninja Theory built in the world that they had constructed was moving. Yeah. Um, it was huge for me, you know? Yeah, I, I have a hard time disagreeing with anything that you've said. I mean, <clears throat> the game tackles mental illness in a very unique way. Um, you're talking to a guy that has, I don't know, probably a thirteen to $15,000 theater uh, that I could play this game in, and I found that the best way to play it was with a $15 set of headphones. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was wild, the immersiveness that you can get out of it. Um, and you do really fall in love, and you want to know, like, what's going on. It has this weird permadeath, like, not permadeath thing. And like, if you die too many times, you're, you're fucked. Your game's over. You're going to succumb to the depression. It's just, it's just so out there. Like even thinking about it now, like, I don't know what the fuck the game is about other than her personal journey through, uh, coming, coming to, uh, coming to odds and coming to realization that like her husband or whatever dead and gone. Um, but it, it takes you through so much like, kind of Norse mythology. Is that? Yeah. I mean, that, you know? that was a cool thing about it. Like we're, t- we'll, we'll talk about Norse mythology, uh, maybe a little bit more with the, the top seed in this, in this corner. Yeah. Um, but it was a little bit different take on that same mythology with the FMV built in and the characterization of, of listening to this person who was supposed to be in your head, maybe be real, maybe not while you're carrying your husband's decapitated head to his body to try to revive him, or at least send him off into a peaceful rest. And just this, you know, in a world where I gotta be careful how I word this in a world where strong females have become kind of a trope trope. Yeah. That's a great word. Thank you. This felt real and felt earned and felt necessary and felt emotional to me. Yeah. And really got me. You know what I'm saying? Like this game just fucking hit everything you wanted it to hit. You know, you talk about this game and we gave you some spoilers. This this end battle where you're battling against the darkness that is trying to consume me this entire game essentially. I to, I must have gone at least an hour before I kind of got I got it. You're 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 overly hitting and fighting and trying to kill these demons and the whole point of this fight is to just let go. Yeah. And you don't, you don't get it. And like, you don't get it till you get it. And then when you get it, you're like, Oh, it makes so much sense. It just fucking, it's, 
it speaks to you on on levels that you don't expect it to and brings out the emotion that's that games just don't right like you go to games for an escape and this was some realism when it comes to video games like you felt some shit yeah with hellblade um i really really resonated with me uh, yeah, I appre- here's what I appreciated about it is it it was so such a realistic look into psychosis like and they have one of the world's foremost leaders on psychosis and and mental illness that consulted on it to make sure that they got things right and that it it you know the voices in her head were realistic to what patients experience and stuff like that. So like it it became hyper realistic but also like what I appreciate is that it's it's based in this, you know, unrealistic world. So this very real thing, but it, it can't hit home enough because it's not home. You know what I mean? Like if this was Correct. Senua and she was in 2019 and she was like this, you know, white suburban chick and she was going through that kind of thing in a, in a more realistic today, that would have fucked me up probably to the point that I wouldn't have played the game anymore. Um, sure. So it hits hard enough, but in a unrealistic enough setting that I can really appreciate it. Um, right. And the artistic we, direction is something that I don't know that I've seen before. Yeah, it was. It's wild, and um, we give it all that praise. And you know what? It's just over a million copies lifetime sold. Sure. That Ninja is Ninja not Theory a lot. Did, Ninja Theory did a great job of cultivating this as a word to mouth kind of game. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Especially with its death mechanic of like the more you die, the darker this uh this consumes you and and you might die to the point that your save gets erased. Like they that was a threat <laughs> yeah. that they made to you. Now realistically, this ended up not being a thing, but going into that game and realizing that the more you die, the more darkness succumbs and you very well could lose your save if you die too many times. Um that idea was pretty nifty in my opinion, uh, but ultimately was nothing. So it didn't really factor into my life, but it was a really cool idea. Now, yeah, it, the, and it had the hard like part here, challenging puzzles, but not like punishing challenging. So the hard part here is this is all seating. Yeah. And I'm not, I am not this game's fan, but the ideas that it brings to the table, the, uh, the way it executes these ideas is almost impossible level, right? Like it's truly almost unconceivable that Zelda breath of the wild is the game that it is. And for me, that's a negative thing, but for most people, it is a very positive thing. Yeah. So I, I think you're going to be a little surprised and probably the audience will be a little surprised at where I go with this. Breath of the Wild, so it came out 2017 with the Switch. Um, launch title. Launch title. Or, or close enough to a launch title. Close, yeah, close enough, exactly. Super critically acclaimed. Um, the, you know, it's $15 million, in, uh, 15 million copies uh, sold across the world. One of the best-selling yeah, game of the year. A um, lot of accolades. I mean, we can go on and on. And I probably one of the f- the funnest games I played this decade. Um, definitely one of the best Zelda games of all time. But you know what? It's a copycat. 
and it did Holy shit, it, what? It did not copycat that well. <laughs> uh it's late to the party, man. It's it's an open world game and it got so much goddamn praise because it is Zelda and it made such a huge change from, you know, the Ocarina's of Times and the Majora Mask that people were all over it and the Twilight Princesses and the Skyward Swords Are of the you World. Feeling all right? I know, man, but I thought about this a lot. Um, it's about five to eight years past past when it came out. Now, I will respect that Nintendo does it, and they ended up doing it very well. Um, but I I had a lot of gripes with the game about its weapon system. You know, like uh-huh. you, you struggle, yeah. you struggle for, I do know. you struggle for like these awesome weapons and they're, they're fucking broken, broken after. in four hits. Y- yeah. You can't repair them. The cooking was pretty cool. I did like that. I like the grind of, you know, you you're gotta putting go. me on the, you're putting me in the position that I got to defend Zelda. I'm Zelda just saying right that it's an amazing game. And in, it, this is what was the game that we talked about? Like inside its circle near. Uh, near, yeah. Near inside, niche, very niche. It, inside its own little bubble, or niche. It's niche, niche. niche. Sorry. Uh, inside its own little bubble, Zelda Breath of the oh, Wild Lord. is fucking amazing. What I will say is, there's so much content, and for the first time, you have a really good Zelda story that's fleshed out. You have voice acting, which was amazing. You have amazing visuals. You have really great like powers and power ups. And, but you take, you strip away some of that, that polish and you get down to like, Hey, you have a bunch of these like little mini dungeons all over the map. There are fucking endless amounts shrines. of shrines, co- shrines. Yes. You have endless amounts of collectibles. You have a very punishing, um, gear system, overly uh, punishing, overly punishing gear system. You you strip away some of that polish, and what you have is a bunch of mechanics that have been pulled from the last five years of the most successful games. And Here's, and you put it in your game, and you make it good, but you don't make it better, equal or better than any of those individual games that you robbed from. So like it's really great, but I I think it's overhyped. I mean. If I can get a win here, I'll be happy to take the win for Hellblade. What I'm what I'm here to tell you is that Breath of the Wild is a game now that is making waves for new developers currently, for people to look at open worlds. For clearly, Zelda took its its notions from games like a Skyrim yep. or a Fallout and things of that nature, but they refined it so well that it doesn't really feel like a Skyrim, like. You can't start Skyrim and go beat the fucking game immediately. You know what you can do that in? Zelda. Why? I don't fucking know, but you can. Yeah. You see that see that mountaintop over there? You fuck go there. Yeah. I don't know how. Yeah, you're we right. figure it out. Yep. You know? The the exploration, the the ability of being surprised. Like I didn't play that game for maybe five, eight hours, but the thing that I that has always stuck with me with this fucking game that I don't like is Two things. One, the weapon durability is trash. Just trash. Yeah. But two is I was just on this fucking mountain, and I don't really know why, but I kept eating these hot peppers to keep me warm because it was cold. 
kept eating them. Yep. Because that's what it seemed like I needed to do because maybe I was not supposed to be there, right? And because the game doesn't tell you what you can and can't do, you can do whatever you want. True. But I got to this big open spring. Oh, yeah. Inside of this, I know what you're inside talking of about. This, inside of this mountain. On the top of this mountain. And I was like, why is this here? Why does this have to be here? Like, this is stupid. Like, the idea that they have taken the time to animate and think of the ability for you to do whatever the fuck you want to is something I've never really felt inside of a video game before. There are those ideas and they're poorly executed. And what I will tell you is that alone was exquisitely executed in breath of the wild. I do not like that game for what I played of it, Mm -hmm. but that exploration aspect is something that will stand the test of time that people will be trying to dwarf and something that, Nintendo, more so on a storyline standpoint, it looks like, is dwarfing themselves by making the Breath of the Wild 2 that may be twice or three times the size of this game that already felt fucking humongous. Yeah. You know, I, I was going through a town and I'm like, uh, well, I can go up the way they want me to go uh, or I can go over here where these weird islands are and I'm an explorer. So why not? I'll go down there way underpowered for what I was trying to do. Got my dick kicked in the dirt. <laughs> And I, and I, and I respond and moved on, but right. that idea that you can go anywhere, do anything, anytime within this game is honest to God, gameplay wise, fucking mind blowing. And I, I will, I cried at Hellblade Senua's sacrifice. And you're making me say this, but the impact of what Zelda has done and refined and made Albeit some shitty mechanics, i.e. the fucking durability, that game seemed like it had some really fucking cool ideas, and I can't wait to see that filter into the next generation of consoles. You know, games like Ghost of Tsushima seem like they might have taken some liberties there. Um, I'm just excited to see a game that I want to play, not that Trash Zelda game. (laughs) Yeah. uh... (laughs) And see, this is where I kind of get on. This is where I get the unpopular opinion because you talk about the impact that this game has. I don't think it has that much impact. Like all of all of the mechanics are things that we've seen in other games. Maybe not all of them together. the The explorability of Skyrim meets the hyper realism of. I don't even know, like kind of a red daddy type of hyper realism, like to the sure. point where if you got, if you got metal weapons on and you're in a lightning storm, you're going to get fucking hit by lightning. Like, yeah, you have um, to wear warm clothes because you're in the cold. Yeah. Some of you the, wear... some of the gravity and like moving objects mechanics of like half life. I mean, Nintendo is really good at execution and I think they executed on this very well, but it's, Zelda did nothing new that is going to change the industry. And like, maybe you didn't play enough of the game to really realize that, but like this game as cool as it was and as big of a change as it was for the Zelda franchise and Nintendo as a whole, it brought nothing new to the table that I can think Listen, of. Listen, if we're here to, to, to pay, to, to pay respects to these video games and we're here at the point now of a decision and you're here to tell me that, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice is a 
better game than Zelda Breath of the Wild? I'm not going to say no to you because for me it is. But as far as cultural impact and the popular vote, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, I'm telling you you're wrong. But I'm not telling you to say that Senua's Sacrifice is the, the wrong choice. I think Senua's Sacrifice has done a lot. And a lot of things that we won't, we won't see for another three to five years. Um, I just think that Zelda took an existing idea and made it better. And I'm waiting to see who's going to do it even better yet, because I think Zelda's bad. So here's my final rendering and my final, these are my closing arguments, your honor. All right. All right. 30 seconds. This game blew up because of Zelda. I think if you change the name and you change the main character and you release this game, it gets nowhere near the amount of praise. I think, in fact, it gets a lot of the criticisms I brought up that, like, it has stolen mechanics and it has overly harsh uh, uh, gameplay uh, elements. Then you go to Hellblade, and it's probably one of the most original games I've ever played. Uh, the art style's amazing. The voice acting and the, the mocap was, like, unreal. I had probably... I certainly had more fun playing Zelda just because just because of the, the completely different genres that we're t- dealing with. But I think Hellblade's a better game. That's where I'm at with it. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you um, for two reasons. One, I, I like Hellblade personally more. And if that's what we're doing is the DTS game of the decade, then we should be going by a lot of our own admissions. Yep. Um, because if I said split and you went to Metacritic, Zelda would win this. Hand over fist. You know, people talk about this being their favorite game ever. Ever, Tony. And that's I, insane to me. I understand where that's coming from. I do. But 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 for me, I don't disagree with you. I, I, I think Zelda had some great ideas and some neat ideas and some things that they could have done phenomenally well. Um I'm way okay giving this to to Hellblade. If you're on on board with that. And as again, as a host of the DTS podcast, not saying that our opinions are correct. Um, I'm I'm okay. I I think Hellblade is. I think for originality and the some of the, the impact, it trumps the sales uh, and, of, and of the, the, the fun of Breath of the Wild. I mean, like I said, it, there are certain games that I get gooseys thinking of, and Hellblade's one of them. There oh, you so. go. Hellblade moves on. Probably the biggest upset we're upset we're gonna have in this I, I think uh, entire. The, I would totally agree with you because and to next, think that Hellblade this, wasn't on the list originally. Yeah, I, I had to I had to veto to get Hellblade on there. Look at what you did. Because otherwise, we'd be talking Zelda Breath of the Wild versus Shadow of the Colossus, and Breath of the Wild definitely be moving on there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're right. Because uh, I think time if we if we want to say something about Shadow of the Colossus, my argument against it would be that. Time is told that its impact actually wasn't that large. When it originally came out, it was mind-blowing. It felt huge. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to the re-release and you realize, games moved in a different direction, man. Yep. Uh, speaking of, uh, of games and a, a re-release, you know, people going into God of War 2018 really thought that this game was going to be a reboot or a retelling of what, uh, what Kratos' story could have been. And uh, in that idea that 
we've already seen this and what the fuck are they going to do differently? And, and holy shit, this trailer looks way different and he's got some kid with him and there's dragons and, and there's an, there's a, a, an Omega symbol. Like, so it's God of war. What a great a fucking surprise, man. You know, it, is it a reboot? Is it the new one? Is it the same thing? Is it the same Kratos? You know, there were so many buzzwords and, 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 and talking points after a first trailer of that, um, that, that made things humongous, but where I'm at, Tony, before we get there for our number two seed, I want you to tell me about Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite undoubtedly has to be on the list. It's a cultural phenomena, uh, yeah. came out in 2000, 2017 out of fucking nowhere, created an entire genre pretty much of these battle Royale games that have spawned dozens of of spinoffs and and variants um i mean it has 125 million unique players and it generates cash 100 million dollars a month on average for uh fucking epic games that's unreal if you haven't played fortnite i know you know because of the dances because your kids or your friends your kids friends played it uh, your neighbor, your fucking nephew, your niece, whatever. Um, it's addicting. The floss, the orange justice, like, the culture impact is real, man. It helped bring Battle Royale into the mainstream. Yeah, no doubt about that. You know? It, uh, it, it changed the game when it came to Battle Royale games, which hadn't really been thought of or, 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 or pushed at all, right? And so Epic releases this Fortnite Save the World game with this building mechanic and this idea that we're going to go through and this is the money we're going to make, right? And then uh, they're in the middle of doing that with, uh, with, with that MOBA game that Chris and Garrett both really like that I don't remember the name of um, that they end up canceling because they had to end up putting so many people on this team to keep Fortnite churning out what the machine becomes. Right. It was insane to me absolutely fucking insane to me that this game has become the biggest game in the fucking world dude it's yeah it's to the point that it's crazy a an exclusive star wars clip played in game in this fucking video game yeah for people that are playing it before the release of the game ninja who is by far the probably biggest and most well-known streamer of all time at this point, now has his own skin announced today for this video game. He right. is in the fucking game. He has jumped the shark. He's in it. He's a part of it now. Yeah. You know? And what's like, crazy that's insane. is the game didn't even start out as a battle royal. Like it was, it was a fucking uh, a builder. Yeah. A builder, single player game. And, the battle royals what what went crazy on it um paragon it's, was it's the crazy epic moba by the way paragon, paragon that's that right game. okay yeah the game's out there man and like it's not for me i cannot stand the building mechanic um chris built i shot and he carried the team every uh, time here we go with the recurring theme here <laughs> Derek, all about all I'm about shooting, shooting motherfuckers I remember playing with Derek and Dugan, and Dugan's like a, a sit back, like wait till you know these hundred people slowly trickle down to like fifteen, and then go find some motherfuckers. And Derek's just fucking running across the map, running just, and gunning. Yep, absolutely. 
So fucking bitches. I don't know what else we can say about Fortnite. Like I, I think the vast everybody knows what Fortnite is. Keep talking. I gotta pee. Okay, great. Thank you very much. There's not much more we can talk about it. Everybody knows what Fortnite is. I mean, it's it's a free to play game, which is even crazier. Is like it ushered in a free to play era. Free to play until this point was mostly reserved for like your iPhone games and stuff like that. And then boom, here comes Fortnite swinging its big free to play dick, and it brings in millions and millions and millions of people, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of unique players. And and here we are today. It's still the number one thing that's streamed on. Excuse me, on Twitch. It is single-handedly uh, keeping Epic Games out there and relevant, and it's making so much goddamn money. Apple made uh, like fifteen million dollars on on Fortnite uh, last year alone. Like, just made it on royalties for for App Store purchases. On the other side, we have uh, the number two overall seed. That is God of War. And so God of War comes out in 2018. Derek gave some details on it. Like, it comes in. People are expecting this, like, cartoony uh, reboot of Kratos just fucking murdering everything. And what we get is a, a grizzled Kratos, an older Kratos, and fuck, he's got a kid, man. I think <laughs> this might be a long thing if you're letting me if you're about to let me go on this. Go for it. Um, not not too long. Don't be an asshole, but go for no, it. No, I'll try to be concise. Um, so God of War was maybe one of the most fun franchises I had ever played um, in all of video games. You know, the hack and slash mentality of this demigod Kratos. The idea that you were going to kill the God war and become the God of war. Um, after, after destroying it and then doing the different puzzles and just exploring this world of, of mythos was phenomenal. Right. Yeah. And then it was over, right? The, the end of God of war three, you sacrificed yourself because you're fucking done with it. And you were just done and talk about a metaphor for people playing these video games. Like, you had gotten your fill at this point of, I think four or maybe five different games between the three main and the two side movie or side games. You were ready for it to be done. And this idea that you fucking murdered yourself because you were just not going to be a a slave to these gods anymore. And and it was over the end of the game. You see a, a blood slide or a blood splatter of you crawling off of this ledge, which is almost a callback to the original game, but you kind of thought, and clearly they might be leaving it open, right? Sure. Enter 20, I don't even know, 16, I think it was, at E3. And you get this epic intro of Kratos sure. and this kid. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what? Why? Why are we doing this now? You know, it's been so many years since the last God of War. Do we need to do this anymore? Is this actually a thing? And then between the combat style with you having someone, it really pushed into the Last of Us feeling of Joel and Ellie. Now you are Kratos and this kid, whoever it is. Yep. It is kind of, it really felt that atmospheric. 
Then you're looking at the world that you're living in and the cold. And then you get the Norse mythology part of it. And you're like, okay, we're going in a different direction. Does this feel like a reboot? Does this feel like a reskin of what we were doing before? But Kratos has a beard. So, and holy shit, there's his scar from where he stabbed himself. Yeah. From where he stabbed himself. This is totally fuck. This is the same fucking Kratos. This is not happening. We're not having the same person. And we're calling this game God of War flat, like not even anything new. Yeah. And the build up to this game was still so monumental. And I, I mean, as a God of War fan, I think you're the same way, right? Sold day one. Oh yeah. You know, walking in, it was a, it was a buy, right? No doubt. But you didn't know what you were getting into still, you know, you, you realize that, okay, it's the same God of War. It's the same Kratos. We're still getting the same kind of story. Yeah. But Think of the idea, and and maybe you can too. You know, imagine the idea that you're playing a, a video game character that you had a lot of uh, affection for, that you had a lot of care for throughout your your, your youthful years. Uh-huh. We're talking about, I mean, what was God of War three? Two thousand eight, I think. Uh, Two thousand nine, twenty ten. It was two thousand nine. I want to say something close to that. Yeah. And then you have God of War 2018. So nine years later, we're grown. Uh, I have three kids. You have ki- two kids. <laughs> um, it it's it, it it really plays into the Last of Us nostalgia kick of these people that are playing these video games need real scenarios, and they're looking for something that feels real to them. And you know what feels the most real is fucking children. Sure. And the idea that Kratos is older. He's got a kid. He's got a kid that he hasn't spent a whole lot of time with because the kid spent a lot of time with the mom. He's trying to do right by the mom all the while while teaching this kid something. Like it really strikes a very personal chord um, with with me. And I don't even have a boy. I've got three fucking girls. But it struck something so personal inside of me that I don't think I felt it before. Uh, aside from the last of us again, talking about the last of us. Um, I, I don't and, know that I can get behind the emotional roller coaster that you're going on with God of war. Um, I really liked the parent mechanic. Um, but you haven't hit on a couple of the best things for me about the game. Number one, the, the no cut camera. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, fucking uh, true detective style. Yeah. Talk about, talk about innovative. The camera from jump to the very end of the game never cuts. It's always following Kratos and Atreus. Um, never cuts, which was, it was wild. It really brought you into the game. Uh, very immersive. Second thing I really loved about the game that you haven't talked about, the voice acting. Uh, yeah. Boy. Boy. Read it, boy. Yeah. Boy. Come over here, boy. Like, goddamn, Kratos sounds like a badass motherfucker. And he's he's brooding, and he's soft-spoken, and he's he's every word has to count. Uh, that kind he of shit. He wastes no breath. Wastes no breath, that's for sure. Next thing I like, obviously it's probably one of the most beautiful-looking games on the PlayStation. Yeah. Probably of any game, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, 
I went back and replayed um, a good chunk of it in New Game Plus this year. Um, when, you, when you meet the World Serpent, you want to talk about some some visual and audioly stunning things. Yeah, the the just the Boom. scale. It felt like you were in a Hans Zimmer fucking score. Yep, yep, you're right. Um, it, yeah, I went back and replayed it, 4K. You know, on and old like the best TV you can play it on, and I gotta tell you, fucking dope. It looks amazing. The, um, it looks real. The, the the thing for me that really, I mean, I was already sold on the games. Got cool Sorry, so, sorry, my bad. Last thing I wanted to bring up uh, that I really liked: no chaos blades. You got a fucking axe. So the thing, the thing that's been around for the entire franchise, your chaos blades, Gondo. You you got an axe. Now you can throw this axe chaos. and you can summon it, uh, which is fucking dope, by the way. Yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. amazing. You didn't miss them right away. You realize I don't miss these motherfuckers. No um, shit. Snap your fingers, that axe back in your hand, you're wrecking motherfuckers. I just like like that that capped it. If the fact that this guy's more jacked, he's more grizzled, he's got a beard and he's got a kid and he's got a different voice, don't do it for you. His signature blades not being there is really. The cap that says, hey, different dude. And, and so here's where I'll jump in and tell you the, the part of the game that solidified. This, honest to God, might be my game, my favorite game ever. I'm, I'm there with you. And that is the boat ride. <laughs> you know, you, you got, yeah. you're about halfway through the game, right? You, you've got your boy, you're trying to take care of him, but at the same time, you don't really know the boy. He's not... It just feels awkward, right? You feel like Kratos is, he's almost the, bur- the boy's almost a burden or you're a burden to the boy. You meet Freya. Yep. You have this giant fight with, uh, uh, I don't even remember what the fuck his name is. Who's the main bad guy? Bur- Bragamir. I don't know. I can't think nope, of his name. Nope. I can't think of his name either. But anyway, you have this giant fight with this dude who you don't realize is really anybody until later. Um, and, and, all of a sudden, your boy comes down ill. Uh, shit's really changing. Shit's going downhill fast. And in order for you to combat it, you're going to have to go to a place that you have sealed off of you. And again, coming from the world that is this really the same Kratos, this is the, the end-all, be-all that it's the fucking same Kratos. Yeah. You know, Tony talks about the the axe that you have to master and, and really is ultimately the better weapon. But Balder. Yep, Balder. Thank you. And so you meet Freya, who tells you that you're going to have to go and, and, and really help this, this kid and help him get better in order for you to go to hell, which is where you're headed, uh-huh. and to combat these bad guys, you need to go get something from your house. And you hop in this boat, and the atmosphere around you, this, the sky is cracking open, thunderstorms, lightning strikes, thunder itself everything's getting dark and then it cuts to you and then it cuts across the boat. And then there, there she is, you know, there is the connection to God of war. One, two, three, doesn't matter. Athena is sitting across from you talking to Kratos, telling you that, you know, you are not better than this, that you basically are a piece of shit (laughs) and will do what I want to do. And, you're going to put these on and you're going to be mine again. And 
it was just so atmospheric. Like it just gave me fucking goosebumps. The night that happened to me, uh, Chris Dugan was on the headset wondering where I was. And then when he realized he's like, okay, okay, share play with me so I can hear, so I can see what you're doing. Cause he knew the feelings I was about to go through cause he'd went through them himself. And the idea that you're heading back to your place and then you see Athena and then, you know, you know that the games it's on, it's about to go down. You get back to your house. Athena's still talking shit at you and you're talking shit right back. You lift up this bed and you lift up the, the, the opening to the basement of your house and you uncloth the blades of chaos and you put them back on because you have to be that guy again, which you tried not to be the whole point of you moving and getting out of this realm was to be someone other than Kratos, the God of war. And ultimately it comes that it comes back to you having to be this guy. And it was so emotionally effective and visually effective and audioly effective. Everything about it worked. And it just, I mean, walking out of that house and shredding motherfuckers with the blades of chaos was some of the best fucking things I've ever done. Okay. Uh, you just get in these moods when you talk about these games and it's like, <laughs> it's like they're more important to you than your kid's birth. So like, I don't know. It's just, uh, you get, you see Athena. I get real. And you know, it's like ASMR. Like you're in 50 shades of gray be. or some shit, man. But do you not understand? Like there's some excitement there, right? There's some excitement. Yeah. Not like some fucking orgasm. Okay. Oh, it's pretty close to that. <laughs> For I'm you. you right now. Jesus Christ. I don't want to, Fucking, I, I don't want to uh, get the game accelerated to the next rank because I just don't want to hear about it again from you. But I agree, it had some really good plot twists. Um, I love Norse mythology. Like, I love the Acer gods. Uh, so I'm just a fucking fanboy for all that shit. Um, can't go wrong in my book. And. Uh, it had just enough of that Metroidvania like that I wanted to go back and complete places that I hadn't been able to complete before. Some of the mechanics, some of the, the hidden things. And then, you know what? The secret ending. Yeah, no shit. Uh, going back home? Yeah, going back home and you're like laying down and boom, here's Thor. Uh, it's fucking great. And it, this game gives me hope that Final Fantasy VII can be as good as I want it to be because you talk about God of War and you know this is supposed to be a new trilogy and if that's just the first game god damn if 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 Final Fantasy 7 can do the same thing where like I'm gonna get three versions of Final Fantasy 7 but the first one does this much it gives me hope I agree Clearly, undoubtedly being so for being so passionate about it. Yeah, but I'm not over here just like jerking myself and ready to blow because you're that's because you're a little bitch. Ah, Okay, calm, calm down. I think a lot of people would argue that you're a little bitch. Well, God of War wins. God of War wins. Um, Handily. It's hard to argue that Fortnite shouldn't be above it. Just based on impact. But. The, yeah, this is a part of my heart where I can't let Impact overall uh, really force my hand here. For, Fortnite is s- such a phenomenon by sheer luck and social media. If it would have been 31, maybe, but 32 or whatever it is. What it is, is 31. 30? Oh, if it would have been 32, it might have beat The Witcher. It's not beating God of War. It would not have beat The Witcher. Thank you, though. But Okay, well, yeah. you're right. Uh, God of War moves on. That completes this quartile. 
Uh, we got God of War mine versus Minecraft in the next round, and Hellblade versus Shovel Knight. So um, those are some fun matches. I mean, God of War versus Minecraft. That's that's a big one. Like I told you, as 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 uh, um, unbiased as I've been trying to be, <sighs> Minecraft has done a lot. Possibly one of the best games ever versus the best ge- selling game of all time. Yeah, uh, that's that's a tough one. Uh, Hellblade versus Shovel Knight, another really good argument. We'll see. Hellblade, yeah. Hellblade's the Cinderella story, and, and they don't know yeah, they don't right always now, make it to the final. So we'll see. They, it's definitely the Cinderella story. I think out of everything that we've we've talked about so far, sure, honestly, yeah, come from behind, wild card, not even on, on the fringe, on the bubble, gets voted in. It's uh it's a good little Cinderella a 20, moment. A twenty three seed. Yeah, you're right. Twenty three. That. And, that it wasn't even a 23. Go. I mean, realistically, that it was po- like a 40. Yeah. That and Pokemon Go are the, the Cinderella's right now. So Yep, yep, you're right. Uh, listen, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the game of the Decade DTS Podcast Special Edition. Um, read it, boy. We're going to read it, boy. Here, boy. Boy. So Bring good. me my axe, boy. <laughs> So good. <laughs> I can't even do his voice. It's so deep and gravelly. I can't either. It's so good. Uh, Stargate SG one, baby. We are yeah, Stargate. Uh uh Bear beats Battlecoast Star Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> different franchise, I guess. Way different yeah. thing to be doing. Uh that's it. We're out of here. We'll be back for the, the last quartile before we move into the Switch sixteen for uh DTS podcast. I am Tony. I'm Derek. We out here. Goodbye. Goodbye.